Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsors. When I first went into business, I found out in a hurry that it was lonely at the top. If you're a CEO or business owner and you're feeling lonely at the top, then I'd like to invite you to join us at our Action Coach membership community. It's a community of like-minded business owners that help each other, build each other up, sometimes push and pull each other. If you'd like to learn more, just reach out to me at billgilliland.actioncoach.com, book a session, and I'll give you all the details. Welcome to this week's episode of Epic Entrepreneurs, powered by Action Coach Growth Partners. I'm Bill Gilliland, and I'm here to help you make more money, build better teams, and find the time to do the things you went into business for in the first place. Hi, my name is Jess. I am the owner of Green Mountain Space Professional Organizing, located in Asheville, North Carolina. We are a full-service organizing firm, assisting busy professionals, stay-at-home moms, families, Um, small businesses with their decluttering and organizing needs. We create systems and we make beautiful and functional um, solutions for everyday living. So Jess, welcome to the show. Um, How how does one become a professional organizer? How'd you get in this business in the first place? So professional organizing kind of found me and in the sense of all of my experiences throughout life. Um, So a little bit of backstory about me. I went to college for um, communication and public relations, graduated whenever the market was falling, um, tragically. And the only thing that, you know, was around during that time was uh, banking and finances. Um, I grew up with an entrepreneurial family um, where my parents owned a cleaning business um, that's still running. It's been in business for 35 years, which I was also a partner in. So then after 10 years of banking and being in the financial sector of being an operational manager, during that time, I also moved 14 times in 12 years through life experiences. I've already lost a parent and I really am in tune to teaching people about minimalism. We lean very heavy on on minimalism. We don't try to force it upon people, but then I'm also actively pursuing my certificate to be a professional organizer through the National Association of Professional Organizers. You have to do certain things in order to get there. But right now, I, I think it really just found me. I believe in time management. Time management is huge in my industry and then all the industries around, I believe, with any sort of business or in life. And so we try to allow people to give us all of their stress, you know, whether it's their physical stuff, and then we create solutions for them in order to help manage all of that stress. Got it. Yeah, I've worked with a few organizers over the years, and uh, it's a really fascinating uh, industry. And I do think it kind of does choose people. So yes. where you, where, yeah, where you are in your, I mean, you're either suited to it or you're not. I mean, there are a lot of people right. who aren't, aren't suited for it. And there's other people like, man, this is perfect for me. I, I really like, you know, getting things where they need to be and having everything in order and all that. So uh, well, what's going on in your business now? What's the biggest challenge? Oh my God. Um, so many things. I am, I actually came to your recent event um, in Asheville at the Doubletree and realize that I don't have any, we, it's not that we don't have culture. It's like, you know, we choose our organizers. We have a team of four right now and we choose based on their life experiences and what they can bring the table as far as education to our clients. But I haven't created a system holistically for everybody. Um, I have written down my systems, but my systems are 
very cumbersome. And so I would think that I need to dwell that down just a little bit and then just teaching that and replicating it and making sure that everybody knows why we do things. Um, so that creating the culture um, and then the care that you've explained in the past was really helpful. But I would say the biggest challenge is delegating, <laughs> honestly, because like we have so much work coming in that I've done delegation to a certain extent. But if I feel like it needs to be more because it's really hard for me to focus on so many aspects of the business. So I would say that delegating and is probably my biggest challenge. Yeah, so I got it. So, I mean, we're all when we go into business, we tend to be control freaks. Uh, yes, especially and, as a professional organizer. Yeah, and every, yeah, you want to keep everything in line. You want to be completely organized with it. What? Um, yeah, so it sounds like there's a couple of things here that your systems. So it sounds like you might have the to-do systems down, but they might be too complicated. Is that what I heard? As far as, yeah, I think they might be too complicated for the team. Um, but for every single client that comes in from start to finish, um, right now it's about 26 steps. So I've taken, you know, the full onboarding, and then the project planning, and then what is need to communicate the project to the team, all of those processes, and we share them. Every time we do a client project plan, we share them. And then we talk about opportunities, um, you know, but the setup and then the offboarding, um, my team isn't doing right now. And I would like for them to do that, but I want them to get really comfortable with the project planning as far as like all of the details that go into it. Right. Right. So, I mean, there's a great book called the checklist manifesto and okay. it was actually written by a doctor. And what they found was that surgeons sometimes were skipping steps and it was leading to infections essentially. And, um, but what they also found out was that you could have, you know, there were things in a checklist, like you could have the full 26 steps, but you may not need to have all those documented because some of it might just be, you know, might be common sense. So mm -hmm. one, one thing to look at there is to chunk those steps down into maybe smaller instead of having 26, you know, maybe look at the, you know, maybe there's five in the first part of the process and look at those five steps and see if that's, if it, if it's too complicated, how do we simplify it? How do we make it easier? Cause that, cause until you get that worked out until they get trained, it's going to be, you, you've got to get the confidence to delegate it to them. So, yeah. um, you know, there's a, there's a difference between, you know, abdication and delegation. So, you know, you can abdicate and just give them stuff and say, Hey, get it done and give them the outcomes. So uh, to, to get done. And then there's the, um, and then there's the, you know, you can have too much for them and it's just too complicated. And, you know, they, they, they get, they get lost. And even though it's a detail oriented kind of profession, they still get lost in the details and it, and it, and they don't get it done. So, yes. um, so it's a combination of having the written systems and the education and the training mm -hmm. and the, and the, uh, and creating the culture so that they, cause culture is about decision-making. So, yes. So what kind of written culture statement do you have? Um, so actually I do have this and I have been working on it. So give me one quick moment while I pull that up. 
Um, well done. Yes. Well, I mean, as soon as I as soon as I left your um, your recent talk at the Double Tree in Asheville, I was like, I am missing so much. Um, I'm currently reading a book um, by Perry Noble called The Most Excellent Way to Lead. And so that's been really helping me um, as far as like awesome creating more culture. So I do recommend that if you yeah. haven't read it yet. Yeah, great. Um, so, you know, what, you know, what, 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 so you've started writing this culture statement. Now, let me, mm -hmm. let me give you a little bit of a, of a, of a hint here. There's sort of, there's sort of four areas that a culture statement needs to, to encompass. So as you're writing this, you may, you may want to do it. So one is what are the, what are the things that are, or the values or the behaviors that are important to you as a business owner? So maybe two or three of those. What are the things that are important to your employees as a team? Mm -hmm. so maybe two or three of those. What are the values that are important to your clients? Yes. And then what are the values or behaviors that are important to the overall success of the business? So, you know, what I always say, the vision and the mission sort of come from the top, but the culture is involves the team and so it's the kind of thing you can kind of do a draft and or do or do a workshop it with your team and then come back and sort of tweak it and then it becomes your rules of the game but they have to buy mm -hmm. into that culture and it's going to make it a lot easier for them to make decisions because if they're make they're either making the decision inside the culture or they're going outside the culture and if they're going outside the culture they're likely making a bad decision for the business um, okay. So, all right. Did you find it? Can we dig into that a little? I did. I did. Okay. But all right. All right. now that you gave, now that you gave me all of those tips, I'm going to definitely, I do have a workshop that is going to come up with the team um, here in November. We're having a really big team meeting and this is what I was going to talk to them about. So I will definitely bring this to them. Um, I yeah. Right now I have a team vision and then I have a client mission. So in order to create that culture. So my mission for the team is to source and form a community of individuals dedicated to solving problems, to create time and space for others so that they may focus on what matters most. Okay. So that's the team vision. That's the team vision. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. So, yeah, the, the vision, that's like so here's the question about a vision. Does the vision enroll and inspire? So if the vision enrolls and inspires your clients, enrolls and inspires your team, enrolls and inspires sort of everyone, and you know, and it, it will also repel some people, and that's okay because they're not they're not going to be part mm -hmm. of your your tribe. So if the vision enrolls and inspires, then it's a good vision for you. So it, it sounded good. I think it's yes. something that people could get behind. Uh, it may be a little. You know, what I say is the vision is something that's almost unattainable. Like ours, right. our, our vision is world abundance through business re-education. Mm -hmm. So that's almost, you know, world abundance is a big vision, you know, through um, and, you know, uh, business re-education. That makes sense. So but it's simple and everybody can remember it. So is it, is it something that the team could remember? And if I said, what's the vision for your company, they would be able to more or less recite it back then it's a good vision okay. okay all right now the vision is sort of big the mission is kind of how you're going to achieve the vision 
So right. what, whatever, you know, so part of you sort of got them. It's, it's not, there's nothing wrong. It's brilliant. It's actually very good what you have. It's, you may just want to split that up a little bit because the mission right. is not something that anybody's going to re- necessarily remember, but it's also something right. they should be familiar with. But then the culture is the rules of the game. Like, how are we going to play this game? And so they all work together. And so that's a, so you're, you're on the right track here. That's, that's, a, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a very good start. And then, you know, you focus on values, behaviors that you want for the culture, because that's, that's really what you want is certain behaviors, right? Yes. You, you know, you want them to make a decision on this, you know, just on the spot, or you want them to be conscientious of the, you know, people's things and their spaces yes. and their, you know, there's certain things that, that, that you want in there. So, I mean, you know, it's cool because you got to start with it because if you don't dis- define your culture, then someone else will. And usually that's a client or a, an employee. And I'm not sure that's what you want. You want them to have no. input, but you don't want them to, to tell you how to run the business because you've got an idea about no. how, you, how you want it run. Cool. I also have a client mission and I don't know if this is uh, more on par. Yeah, read, read it out. Um, so our mission is to bring peace and sustainability to your home by helping maximize your vision with intention and efficiency through professional organizing. Yeah. See that to me is a mission. So, yes. and, it, and it can be corporate, right? You can change it just a little mm-hmm. bit. We bring, you know, we bring value to our clients' homes by doing this, you know, whatever you, okay. you know, whatever, whatever you just said. So you've sort of got a good handle. Your, your vision's good. You might want to simplify it a little bit just to make it, yes. but it, but, and you know, part of it's maybe part of the mission. And then you have the mission, which is going to be a longer statement, which is good. So the vision and mission, they're both good. Now all we got to do is define the, the, the culture that we want to have. Mm-hmm. So you start looking at values there and behaviors. So a value okay. might be, you know, integrity. We do what we, and then you have to define it. Like we do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. That's integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, honesty is a, could be a different one. Um, safety respect you know there are all kinds of values you can you can you can google a list of values and you'll get two or three hundred and then you can start choosing the ones that make sense for you and remembering to keep those four areas those four constituencies in mind yes okay and then and they'll overlap like like something that's important to your employees might also be important to you okay does that does that make sense it does it does make sense so i think this is going to help you a lot in the long term with your delegating, because it sounds like to me, look, you've got 26 steps. That's great. And maybe we need all 26 steps. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's the good system. But we have to have, you know, within those, there's always exceptions to systems, right? So we need to be able to make good decisions based on those systems. And we want our people to make those decisions. And if they're, if they're making good decisions, then it's easier to delegate to them, right? It's a, it's, it's a trust thing. It is. I do agree with that. Yeah. If they're living into the, it also makes it easy to have a conversation with somebody. Well, when, you know, when someone makes a decision that maybe you wouldn't have made, if you ask them, you know, how did you make that decision? And and did you make it with the, you know, the points of culture in mind, then they begin to understand it's easier to train them. They're like, no, I guess I was a little bit out of culture there. Great. Okay. Well, next time let's pull it back in culture. Okay. That's good. That's, that's good. Corrective. Yeah, it's once you have the but but you have to establish the rules of the game for people to understand how to play it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like football, right? You 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 know, or any any you know field sport. You know, there are certain rules to be on the field. You have to play within the rules. You can be super creative 
you can run whatever play you want to run on the football field as long as it's within the rules. Now, if you get out of bounds, that's outside the, the, the whole business. That's outside of the culture completely. And if you, you know, have a penalty that it violates the rules of the, of the game. That's, and then you can yes. have a discussion about it or, you know, and there's got to be some sort of consequences. You know, in football, they give you, you know, they move the ball back 15 yards or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Thank you. So what are your, that. what are your next steps? So, well, my next steps during our um, team meeting is to really speak with them about what their values are and like what's important to them. Um, I think reaching out to clients, um, reaching out to our past clients are really good clients that continue to hire us asking what's important to them. Um, you know, whenever we come into their home and everybody is different, you know, some people are like, I want you to take care of everything for me because I'm a busy professional. And then the other, you know, half is going to say, well, I want to do it with you so I can learn because I do want to make that change. So I think it's just, you know, speaking to those clients and making sure that we're talking to everybody the same way, um, but also taking into consideration what is important to them. And then the overall success of the business, that is something else that I've been working towards because I'm in this very awkward shift where I could niche down but I don't think that I'm quite there yet um, for this area because there's not a lot of professional organizers in Western North Carolina, not what we do at our level. But I think that, you know, deciding whether I want to niche down um, or not is going to really change everything within the business. Sure. So the way I got your action steps is do a little research, ask some people, talk to your, and then workshop the, the culture statement a bit. So that you'll come up with generally sort of eight to 12 values and behaviors. Uh, you know, so I've seen them as low as four or five, but, uh, you know, most of them have uh, eight to 12. Um, some of them have more. And uh, workshop and get that done. And then uh, maybe we can talk about niching on our next, uh, our next, our next coaching session. So, uh, but yeah, I think for now, let's get the culture worked out decision-making, and then I think it'll be easy to decide whether we want to niche or not. Okay. That sounds great. All right. So she's going to go out. She's going to ask her clients uh, what's important to them. She's going to ask her team what's important. She's going to do a bit of a workshop with the team on developing that culture statement. And then we're going to make it into the rules of the game and just understand that it can always be updated. So, um, hey, Jess, it's been a pleasure. Uh, You're killing it. It's awesome job on building an organizing firm to uh, to forward team members. That's that's incredible. Uh, keep up the good work, and uh, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Bill. I really appreciate the invitation and getting to work with you and learning from you. Awesome, Jess. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Epic Entrepreneurs. Here's four things you can do. First, you can listen every week on Biz Radio, Mondays at 1. Second, you can subscribe to the podcast. Hey, you get it. The more subscribers we have, the more cool things we can offer you. Three, you can also go out and give us a five-star rating everywhere. And number four, if you'd like a free copy of my book, The Coach Approach, Five Principles to Build an Epic Business, just go to giftfrombill.com. 
It's your roadmap to building your epic business. That's giftfrombill.com. Until next time, all the best. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.